You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, your favorite video game podcast where nothing ever goes wrong. Nothing ever. I, it's perfect. I'm your. It's been lovely. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me <laughs> is my co-host, Lacia Finley. Oh, happy Monday. <laughs> As you may have guessed, we're having technical problems all around. I think, uh, yeah, my computer just uh, was pissy about daylight savings time as well. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I cannot get my microphone to chill out and obey the settings that I have for it today. So if I uh, sound, I don't know, different, (laughs) I don't know what to do right now. (laughs) I I will do my best to try and make her sound as pristine as possible. Um, you know, that's the best I can do. But again, we yeah. apologize if it sounds off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's... I've been trying to mess with it. But uh, yeah, happy Monday, everyone. Yeah, and uh, apologies for the uh, daylight savings time thing. If you've had, if you have to deal with that, if you're in the States and you're yes. one of the 99% that have to deal with it, you lucky ducks across the pond who don't have to deal with it well some of them i think still do uh, still i just think they usually do it later in any case it's the dumbest shit ever <laughs> I'm- it's dumb now yes we invented the light bulb let's move on with our lives <laughs> i predict as i always predict i will be late at least one to two days this week trying to readjust it right. happens because yeah. I do my best. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get up. I got my alarm set. Doesn't matter. My brain's just like, it's not time to get up. What are you doing? So right. I sleep. So it's going to happen. I hate I hate daylight savings time. I, I appreciate what we're getting longer right. longer days. Uh, but still. But let's leave it now. Yeah. Now that we did it, let's just stop. We don't need to do it anymore. A lot of things yes. that we do in this country, we don't need to do anymore. No. And some places got their act together and stopped. So mm. let's join them. And you know. Let's join them. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to vent and, and damn it, I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Uh-uh. Um, One, and we're going to get a little political, so apologies. But uh, one of the things, the, the talking points that I've been hearing. Over the last week to two weeks, Biden's raising gas prices. Biden's raising gas prices. You know, because he's the god king of oil and gas, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. the president of the United States. Uh, And we're the only country with high gas prices, of course. Slash us. um, Again, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. You engaged. Saw. (laughs) <laughs> no, I saw a meme, you know, 
of, you know, mm-hmm. two people and one is screaming at the other. And at the bottom it says, Biden does not control gas prices. Like trying to right. put it as bluntly as possible. Mm-hmm. And I said, huh, share. Well, Uh-oh. well, no, no, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to start a debate, but, you know, under yeah, you Sleepy do. Joe, the moment I see that, right. I'm like, I checked out. I know where you're going. Yeah, sure. But under yeah. Trump, we had the lowest gas prices ever. Yeah, no one was using gas then because we were all stuck at home. And, and you know, uh, last I checked, uh, we weren't. <laughs> well, not the whole time, of course. <laughs> and, and last I checked, there wasn't a war going on. Uh, but uh, under George W. Bush, where there was a war going on, gas prices were like this, too. Well, that was Katrina, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's when I felt them go up. No, no, no. It was when like, he over $3. started invading Iraq and all that mess back mm-hmm. in W's days. I remember paying four dollars a gallon. Oh, really? Yeah. Where you are? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So it was just as bad. So you can't say it's a Democrat's fault when it happened under a Republican too. Well, honestly though, I don't know that it's either side's fault. It's just it's greed. not. It's not. I'm they just... don't have to raise the prices honestly at all and they'd all still live like fat kings. I know, I know. I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> stating But yes. I'm stating your point. They're they're Pointing the finger at the absolute wrong thing. Just as they're trying to equate that their, their guy uh, was somehow responsible for low gas prices. I also remember the day that Obama got in office and gas went down. Okay, so are we going to say that... It's its own thing. Did that just I don't magically <laughs> happen the moment he got in office? Well, boom, we mm-hmm. went back from like $3 to $2. How about that? So I guess Obama was, you know... The magical fairy who made gas prices go down. I, I mean, by this theory, sure. Yeah, I mean, by that theory, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. amazing. I, I just don't yeah. understand it. So, uh, I just can't, I, I don't know, this is weird. Like, I pay probably closer attention than maybe a normal individual. I don't know if I do or not. Um, but it's, it's I, I, I almost could see they're like, I see this thing happening. This person's in charge, and this is as, as much as I can equate it to. You can't. It's like I almost have given up on people going. Well, it's twenty percent here, maybe, and then fifty percent here, maybe, and then you know the rest of it's this person's fault. Like nuance, we can't have no. that. So it's like I understand who's in charge, what's happening, and that's as that's where I go. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a normal thing to do. I don't I know, guess. but it's displaced, of course, but. That's the easiest thing for their brain to comprehend, I think. Well, even even to some, the, the I'm thing not trying that, to call them stupid. It's no, just no, like, no. But you're, I mean, you're as far as it goes, you know. You're getting, I mean, as well. Uh, no, um, yeah. I, for me, it's it's when they the the sleepy Joe thing. Okay, I'm not gonna sit here and say to you that Joe Biden is the greatest president ever, or that he's no, he's just can't. he's changing America. He just got us out of a bad situation. That's about it. That's all the credit I'm going to give the man right now. Right. Okay, and he's still breathing. Yeah, he, he got on us this out side of, of the grass. <laughs> he got us out of a bad situation. I'm I'm grateful for that. But the man has not done like a whole lot of things to make me go, "Oh man, this is Barna, greatest president sure. ever." No, I'm not. Sure. Gonna, I'm not going to give him that. Okay. He had a lot of shit to deal with too, so. Yeah. But I'm not going to blame every fucking problem this country has no. on him. No. 
And the moment they start saying Sleepy Joe, I've checked out, dude, because that tells me exactly what I need to know about where you stand is that you are regurgitating rhetoric. You know? Mm-hmm. What do you actually know about anything? Nothing. All you're doing well, what are is you hear words that some big fucking twinky news of choice talking head is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, all right, we're gonna get off this because I'm gonna get angry. <laughs> I'm already getting yeah. angry. Because I can I can get fired up about some of these, but again, I know I pay attention and listen to more things. I think it's but. what what what. C-SPAN, people. Just go to C-SPAN. What's the harm in trying to understand both sides? What's the harm in trying to just... Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how I wish all of us would operate, honestly. Get back to the point where we could sit down and just, like, discuss it. It didn't have to be who was owning who, you know? I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with saying, like, I've, I've tried to tell people all the time. I personally have very liberal views... But I can admit that I probably have some conservative views as well. I can't sit there and say I think a lot of that people do. I want to commit to this party or that party, bar none, no matter what. Okay, I will give a Republican their due when they do something good. And there have been great Republicans in the past. Oh, God, yeah. So don't think that I'm out here just sitting there saying, I hate Republicans. That's not it. But no. the party as it stands today is not what it's being presented to us as. Yes, right. is just no bueno in my brain. Yeah, I, I can't get behind it. But there are still yeah. good ones out there who are trying, and that's why oh, they bounced out of the party because, like, I don't want to be associated with this. You know, or they wouldn't give them the time of day to have their voice heard. Right, and we see what happens. It was kind of going against the 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 one thing. Yeah, they all but... get crucified if they speak out against their Lord and mm-hmm. Master Trump. Okay, I'm sorry, people. We'll get off because uh, <laughs> we go all day with this. Uh, oh, I I can get fired up about it for sure. All right, but it, I I like to have a conversation. Yeah, a conversation. And I miss and I miss those because I don't get to have those anymore. But my my, my point is is that that comment. There's no conversation. Mm-hmm. I sat there yeah. for for the longest time sitting there trying to think. What could I say? What could I say that could could maybe possibly engage them in a way that they might think about it. And I was like, there's, no. I, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. No matter what I, I say, they'll just they're going to ignore it. And then they won't come back to the comment is all yeah. it is at that point. Well, you don't a- agree with me, so I'm just going to move on. Yeah. So, no, yeah. no matter what I say, no matter how well constructed it is, don't come with any kind of malice, just facts. It won't matter. It's just going to go in one ear and out the other and be like, you're wrong. I'm right. Burp. And that's it. Um, so, hey, I read a book. Games. You read a book. Well, I read, I reread a book, I should say. Uh, for Well, we were obviously doing uh, Podcasters Assemble. Or I did mm-hmm. Podcasters Assemble again this week. Right. Batman I, Returns. I did not. Yeah. Yep. But you could still do the Batman if you wanted to. I could. Yeah. I probably it- have to jot my thoughts down quick now because we're starting to get to the point where things will leave my brain because it's been a couple weeks now or a week. Or yeah. It's everything. Time. Like, I, I lost track of uh, how they were doing this season. So I, like, had to push out, like, a handful at a time because I, I wanted to talk about Batman. You know, like, I, I yeah. didn't really have a lot to share about the Matrix or anything like that. But Batman, you know, I mean, I love Batman. He's mm-hmm. not... 
as I mentioned on, I think, the Batman episode, the 1989 episode, he's not like my super, my number one superhero or anything, but Mm -hmm. I like Batman. I mean, and even the first movie holds a special place for me because that was like one of those movies I I vividly remember going to the theaters to see. And, Uh you know, at the time, I mean, I was probably like nine or ten, and I don't remember going to the theater that often as a kid. But this was that one movie that my parents took me to. I got to see it mm-hmm. on the big screen. I remember the dark screen and going through, watching the titles and everything. So, I mean, it was it's a memory, you know? And it yeah. seemed like it was prevalent throughout the, at least a year. Because you get the VHS and the merchandise is everywhere. You get a Batman t-shirt and everything. I mean, it just, it was everywhere. It was fun. Yeah. So, uh, this past week, uh, Batman Returns came out. I don't know how people feel about that. I'm personally... Um, not a huge fan of that film, but you know, to each yeah. to each their own, and that's, that's everyone's got to like something. That's the one right? thing I even argue because they're uh, obviously these subsequent episodes are Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, <laughs> and in my opinion, that's a decline in quality every single time. But right. I, I will say, and this is kind of a sneak preview for anyone who listens, I will argue if this is your crab leg, enjoy it because I. Not it's me. not for yeah. me. It's not for me. But if you are someone who derives joy in watching this campiness, good for you. Good for you. Enjoy Please. it. Do yeah. not let anyone tell you otherwise that right. this is wrong. You do you. Yeah. So, and I wish uh, fandoms across the world would do that. Anyway, now, in talking about one of the movies, I think it was Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which was the animated movie right. okay. that came out. During, which was a really odd thing that they did. I didn't mention that, but what? I actually didn't watch that one, so I'm because not. It was, it was like this odd thing they did. It was, I think it was around the time. No, it was a year after Batman Returns. So Batman was like high on its, you know, okay. like popularity. And the animated series had been out at the time. And they were looking to develop this, you know, it would have been like a direct-to-DVD movie like mm-hmm. they do all the time now <laughs> right and yeah they uh warner brothers like hey let's put this in theaters and they're like okay cool but why i mean we're talking about a, a movie that's like a little over an hour and you want to stick it in theaters just to make an extra dollar or two don't do that oh uh, yeah that's because it bombed weird. it bombed bad <laughs> it's not and it wasn't because the movie was bad it was just like i don't want to see this in theaters i can watch this on tv <laughs> Right. So. I got a big enough TV at home now. This is fine. Anyway, um, one of the things that I had mentioned in that, because I, di- I didn't have a lot to say about that movie. You know, I mean, there were interesting bits and stuff here and there, but there was one trivia bit uh, that I felt was worth mentioning, and you can hear that. Uh, please go listen to that and support those guys. But mm-hmm. I want to talk about this because I reread this book, and such a, I, I want to recommend it to everyone listening. There was a graphic novel that came out, I want to say 2016, 2017, and it was called Dark Knight, as in N-I-G-H-T, not like Batman Dark Knight. Not Knight. Right. And it's uh, a true Batman story is how it's presented. Now, what the story is about is one of the writers and subsequent co-creators of the Batman animated series, Paul Denny, or Paul Denny, I never know how to say his name properly, uh, 
he was working on Batman Mask of the Phantasm, or they were getting ready to work on, or they were developing the script, I should say. And one night, he got mugged. And he got mugged bad. Like, mm. to the point where he had to have facial reconstructive surgery. Oh, shit. Because the damage was so bad. And mm. it's just about his tale of, you know, you're working on Batman. And suddenly you're in a Batman situation. And what does that do to you? And he yeah. talks about, like, the psychosis. Like, Batman should have been there for me. Batman was always there for me. I don't want to work on Batman anymore because he's not real. Look at what happened to uh -huh. me. I'm not Batman. He's not real. He's not coming to save me when I needed him. And just, and granted, there were, it's a lot more complex than that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's such a fascinating tale. And I related so much with the man on so many levels. Like, growing up, he would mm -hmm. talk about... Uh, not to say that I didn't have friends... Yeah, but there were few, you know. I sure. wasn't Mr. Yeah. Popular. Mm -hmm. and he, we had our close ones. Right, and he he would talk about how he would escape into his imagination. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me, you know. And mm -hmm. you, you didn't care about the subjects that they were teaching, but, you know, you found a way to make them fun and you use your imagination to, to make all that stuff work. And that's where you just existed. This is where you wanted. This is where you belong. Yeah. And just so many little elements like that just spoke to me on so many levels. And the story itself is so tragic because you think about, I mean, it, inspiring tragic, I guess, depending on how you look at it. I hate that he had to go through that. But the one thing that I like to point out is he is one of the best Batman writers. Okay. He actually wrote two out of the three Arkham games. And I, I huh? point that out because when we were talking about Batman, uh, the Batman games a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. what did we say that the problem with Arkham Knight was the story wasn't all that good? Well, he didn't write that one. Ah, yeah. see? Could tell. So if he had chosen to not write Batman anymore, mm -hmm. where would we be? What would we sure. not have... You know, would the stories that came out of him even exist in any form whatsoever? Like, one of the most popular yeah. Batman uh, animated series episodes is called Mad Love, which explores the origin of Harley Quinn. One of the most popular yeah. characters. That was his character. Arlene Sorkin, the woman who portrayed her voice originally, was his best friend. Oh, fun! Yeah. He wrote that for her. So, without that... I love that. Would... Yeah. If he if he just said fuck it I don't I'm not writing Batman anymore, where would we be? Yeah, would we have all the Harley stuff we see today? Ooh, good point. I don't know. So it just really makes you think. He was at a crossroads at one point because of this one incident. Yeah, and he could have just said no, I'm not doing it anymore. To hell with it. Right. And it's it's. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad the man found his way. Right, because those are enjoyable stories. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. again, it's not just, hey, the man got mugged and you know he didn't want to write Batman anymore. There's, there's a lot of reasons his story kind of leads up to that. Like There are a lot of other factors that make you wonder, you know, what, because he, 
I don't want to spoil it or anything like that. I want I want people to go out and read it. You can find it on right. digital platforms or whatever, but definitely go check it out. Dark Knight, a true Batman story, written by Paul Dini. Phenomenal read. Phenomenal read. Yeah. It just it's it's beautiful. Um one more thing I wanted to ask. See if you've uh-huh. you've watched this or not. Uh, I okay. got a new series uh, I've been watching. I want to see if you've been watching. Our flag means death. I don't even know what that okay. is. Well, so no. Uh, hopefully I can sell it to you because uh, I've I've been enjoying it mainly because the moment I saw who was involved, I was like, well, you don't have to tell me anything else. I'm already going to be here. This is on HBO Max. Okay. That's one of their okay. original series. Uh, Black stuff. It's a show about a gentleman pirate. And uh, Reese Darby, I don't know if you know him by name, but I guarantee you know who he is if you saw Probably, his face. Okay. Uh, do you remember, did you ever watch, um, I'm trying to think of something more mainstream. Uh, Jumanji, did you watch any of the new Jumanji movies? I ha- Not the new ones. Mm, okay. What's his name, Reese what? Reese Darby. He's from New Zealand. Like I could just Google. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. Oh yeah, this very. Oh yeah, I've totally seen this guy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of got that, you know. I'm a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I try to do a New Zealand accent. I try to do his. Sometimes I hope it's not offensive. But you know, he talks. I think you're close. He's a little up there. He's right here. You know, when he gets all excited. (laughs) Anyway, he's he's. This guy who grew up not very tough, but he always mm-hmm. imagined the adventures of the high seas and he wanted to be a pirate, so he just okay. decides he's going to go be a pirate. But he's so posh, he's so upper class, that he's not what you'd expect out of a pirate. You know, because he's always dressing up in his nice clothes and everything, and yet the crew you looks like, a like cravat they're... like too. Yeah, the their crew is all yeah. disheveled and dirty and everything. and Like a pipe. Right. Right. So yeah. he's trying to become this great pirate, and uh-huh. his crew's just like, eh, you know. But then he has a crossroads with Blackbeard, played by Taika Waititi, who uh-huh. I just... Okay. I mean, he's always a... a Delight in my book. Yeah. And suddenly Blackbeard becomes fascinated with him, you know, because he's supposed to be the hard edge pirate, the legendary pirate Blackbeard. And then he sees uh-huh. this guy and he's like, You're doing it your way. This is fascinating. So it just becomes this odd friendship between <laughs> a guy who this really wants to fine. be a pirate and a guy who is the greatest pirate who's bored with his pirating. And oh, every, I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. Uh, ludicrous fun, but it's just, it's, I found it to be hilarious. That sounds like fun. And I, I'm looking at it now since I've been watching more stuff on HBO Max, kind of funny. I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, or I just didn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. So I recommend it to at least maybe give it a a watch. Um, might not be for everybody, but I personally like this year. Yeah, when I when I see Taika Waititi's name attached to something like he is behind uh, production, fair. I'm like, all right, I want to see it because that show mm-hmm. Reservation Dogs that was on uh, FX, that was another mm-hmm. one of his solid. Yeah, oh, that was fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I never finished it, but I watched some of that. That's fun. Yeah, right, thank you for reminding me. I'll have to go back and finish that one up. And uh, this one has a lot of uh, you'll see faces you know. 
Because even his crew initially, I was like, I know some of these people. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. initially like I knew knew them by name, but I was like, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know I've seen him. One I'll point out specifically, he's the biggest dude on the crew, Hodor from Game of Thrones, is there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but a lot of other comedians have uh, guest spots in other episodes, so uh, SNL alum is what it seems to be, or that, that lot. Oh, yeah, really poaching from there. Yeah, which, I mean, hey, grab what you can. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm trying. I've been looking through the IMDb now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who? But no, definitely check it out if you like his work uh, and their stuff. I, I I thought it was great to see them kind of reteaming because they probably done other stuff before, like teamed mm-hmm. up again before. But um, going back to like their early roots that I remember is Reese Darby used to be on the Flight of the Concord series on HBO. Yes, and yes. Taika Waititi was director of some of those episodes. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, they go back quite a ways. Look so, at that. That's nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we've been watching The Righteous Gemstones. I, I think we're about through the second season okay. of that. So then we'll be looking after we're done with that. So, so uh, yeah. what, what do you... No spoilers on my end. Uh, yeah. So, and ladies don't have to spoil anything. So we'll, what's your um, gut telling you about the um, <laughs> motorcycle ninjas? As Danny McBride's character calls him. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's about where we're at. So I want to say we finished episode, I don't know, four or five of season two. Because we just started it, I think, two weekends ago. And then we've been watching it a little bit. Finished season one last weekend. So Mm -hmm. we started it. So uh, I don't know. This season, definitely better than the first. They amped up the weirdness, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of hate them all. So good job on the actors, because dear Lord. Um, I don't know that I have a working theory who's behind that yet okay. because okay. we've been having a lot of chaos in the season, the episode that I just watched. And admittedly, um, I kind of fell asleep through one of them. Not, I was just tired and on the couch and it was late. I should have known better than to start another episode. <laughs> So the whole thing with the journalist and stuff, I had to have the hubs kind of explain to me mm-hmm. what was going on because I'm like, of course, the one episode, a bunch of stuff happens like back to back to back is the one I'm falling asleep. And now I feel so lost. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Okay. It would. I hope it's a, a hilarious like other Bible camp people, you know, yeah. just because of the tomfoolery of this whole oh, situation. Oh, yeah. It's, the stuff is nuts. And um I don't know if you. I hope it. Have you finished season two? Oh yeah, two, then? I, I finished it. Oh, okay. I was watching week to week. Um, if have you seen the Baby Billy story side story that they've been doing? Um, I'm to the point where like I know where he admitted. I don't know if this is spoiling stuff. Left. Yeah. So it was the flashback episode. Mm. So we just finished that one up. Okay. Um, so we're getting there. Yes. Um, there will be a... And and the current one that he has, he just... There will be a... I think that was the last one right. I saw. There will be a moment where that gets resolved and who gets to kind of fill that void, if you kind of follow what I'm saying. Yeah. that's That was a nice treat that I don't want to spoil for you. Okay, yeah, don't. Because I, I think we're almost done. There's, what, like nine episodes per season or something? Yeah, you're, so it's not you're pretty close. Long. Yeah, and they're like close. half hour. Some of them are 40 minutes. So it kind of just depends. They're mm. all over the place. But yeah. And then, then, then we'll watch Our Flag Means Death next. Yeah, absolutely. 
probably. And this is also nothing else to start. That's also a show that's been doing going week to week, but they're also dropping them like three at a time. It seems like so. You'll get HBO does weird things like that. I feel a couple Amazon, here, one, 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 three, and then you're. I just yeah. Well, Amazon's been doing it too. Like they'll say they advertise the marvelous Mrs. Maisel new episodes every Friday, eight o'clock on Thursday. There they are, and they're dropping two. Yeah, I saw the hubs watching them all. Yeah, so they're already done, and I was like, damn yeah. it. So mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was heartbreaking too. I don't want to say that either because. I, I get you. Yeah, not for I you. I, you. I didn't watch it, so you wouldn't be spoiling it for me, no. but nobody else. No, no, no. But. I don't want to spoil it. It's just the the way it ended because of one of these relationships they keep bringing up in the in the show. Uh, the character just kind of let it all out in all the right ways, and oh, okay. like nothing he said was was wrong by any stretch. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, yeah, dude, just owned everything he said. And if our main character cannot see how much he loves her, she's dense. Mm-hmm. Because Aww. everything he said was so true. And it was just like your heart so breaks. It's just a very him. touching moment. Yeah. So I'll say I'll leave it there. So, uh, what you been playing? So, again, I can't really talk about the one that I've mm-hmm. been playing all week. Troidal, sure, uh, sure, sure. like, over at geek to geek was very kind to invite me back for an FMV guest spot Woo-hoo. reviewing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that'll be out next week sometime, I think. <laughs> oh, why you... Why you uh, whenever that, the embargo's up. Why you, <laughs> why you brought him up, um, mm-hmm. Troidal, buddy. The wire yeah. situation, man. <laughs> on the wire situation yeah he he had posted a, I'm, I think I'm it was a picture on Twitters. I think it was on Instagram uh he'd mentioned oh, I don't know. that they were rearranging their living area and uh-huh. he had this big ball of wires that they had to figure out what to do with I guess or re Oh that means recycle <laughs> Or I think maybe they yeah. just needed to kind of get them sorted I don't know it was just like wow but hey I mean I get I'm it I'm telling you I get it What did I tell you when you have wired stuff and you plug it in, a year later you go back. I don't know how they tangle themselves up. I haven't been touching it. They just become all gnarled and be like, ah. Yes. Somehow when <laughs> we sleep, I think, they just start twisting and turning. Mm. And I don't understand what happens. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. That just sounds like recycling bin. As if it's that big. It's just like a whole lot of note. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I did play a lot of this that we'll just discuss next week uh, a, a little bit. Um, and then, so I did get a chance to start Guardians of the Galaxy, but okay. I did download it. So okay. that's going to be what I'm hoping to play coming up next because uh, Stephen was kind enough to tell me it came to Game Pass. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I hadn't looked last week, which was the first time in a while I hadn't looked to see what new was dropped. So I have it downloaded and ready to go. I actually have a couple of them because I forgot... Nice about my humble bundle altogether and went, oh crap. So I had like three months worth there and uh, I got the Mafia Definitive Edition in that Ooh. one. So I kind of want to play that too. Let me know how that is because I have been eyeballing the Mafia games because I've never played them. And I, I was like them. Yeah. I was such a big fan. Uh, like for me, the one game that it just, I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but the Godfather game. Yeah, I played mm-hmm. that. That's one of your favorites. Yeah, right? that was absolutely was. one of my favorites because mm-hmm. I loved everything about it. 
I don't know why this one stood out, but I you can't find it anywhere. I'm sure there are a lot of rights issues that are keeping it from being re-released and what have it's you. It's usually the story, right? So yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get to play it again. And if this can kind of fill that, that void a little bit, then mm-hmm. I would like to play them. But I just didn't know if it would. I don't want to play it yeah, and I, have expectations. I think for sure you would really like Mafia 2. Okay. That uh, for me, I kind of went out of order. I did play the second one first, mm-hmm. and then went back, and you could tell how you know it, it was an older game. Sure. So now with me playing, well, hopefully getting around to it here very soon to play the definitive where it was the re you know make of the first one. That I'll have to let you know on and okay. see if it because it seemed like they did it in the style of like they how they have two and three now. Sure. So I expect it to look nicer. Just hopefully, you know, the controls are well mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I, I can I can concur that I think you would love the second one for sure. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, um, that's my favorite one still of the three story wise. Okay. I think it played well. It was fun. I played it several times actually um so and then three was good but i didn't like the story nearly as much just i liked the setting you know uh and and, you know just each their own Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah one i don't know (laughs) but i think two for sure you would uh because it does play like that and i i did enjoy it so i so i've got like two in it you know on deck ready Mm -hmm. to go for me uh i just got to get around to it after i get this one review written i just need to get it done so i don't i i get distracted too easy and you're like oh a piece of candy over here and then i'll be like three (laughs) days later and i'll be like damn it i could have finished that and i just anyway so uh yeah how what have you been playing since i really can't talk about the one i was Well, I'm going to say I haven't really played much of anything. I probably played Horizon Forbidden West maybe a week ago, and I mm-hmm. haven't really had time to play it since. So um, last mm-hmm. I played it, I was trying to get back on track and, you know, progress the story, and, well, right. that didn't happen. Now that you're armed with your electrical traps. Yeah. Right. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I need to go back and do that. Yeah. that was, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I think in the moment, I'm just sitting there thinking, there's chaos. There's no way I'm going to be able to drop that. And yet, it makes all the damn sense in the world. I should have <laughs> been thinking about it. I just wasn't. Like, it was not in the right. cards for me to consider a trap. Well, if you had uh, failed it a couple times, frustration can be real. And then all of a sudden, the logical part of our brains will just stop. That's why sometimes if you set it down and come back the next day, you're like, oh, my God, I got through it right away. It's like clear brain, clear fog. Well, I think it, it comes down to when I'm lo- assessing the situation, the trap is meant for uh, springing a trap on someone unexpectedly instead of a charging elephant uh, coming at me oh, knowing okay. that I'm there is why I'm sure. I, d- I didn't think about it, but, you know, it, it makes sense. I could just lay it, it down, does, yeah. get its attention, say, come on, and get over here, and, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's there. The, the It makes a lot of sense, but, no, I, I haven't really – I tried, but, you know, I get mm-hmm. distracted. Uh, I yep. have I have found the ocean, if, you know. Oh, so, I, mean, I that's, didn't know it was missing. Some well, rats. you know, there's all the, the <laughs> mainland and everything, and I've been going through this. Like, you've unlocked that part of the map. I've, there's still more ocean 
like I've just gotten to this edge of the map, and then there's still uh-huh. this big area over here still covered in fog. Now this is closer to the end of that side of the map, the mm-hmm. west, as it were. But um, I found the ocean. You know, I got into the, I saw the the beaches and everything. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh look at that! It's an ocean. I guess. Ready. So yes. I don't know if I'm going out there just yet because I came across... I didn't realize dinosaurs came back to life, but there was this big Spinosaurus-looking dinosaur on the the coastline, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, a thing. So there's no telling what's in the water because I've seen something called a Tide Ripper, or at least mm-hmm. there's a part called a Tide Ripper that I need to get to upgrade one of my weapons. So there's okay. it's probably some... Big ass fish that's trying to kill me, or oh, a shark, or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I guess waterproof. It's in the mechanics. Water. <laughs> and I'm, I, for robot works in the water. I still haven't gotten the. I did look it up. I, I I try not to when it comes to these things, but I was getting a little impatient. I know that there is a device. We've seen it in the trailers that you can get so you can breathe underwater. And I was mm-hmm. like, where in the hell do I get this? When do I get this in the story? Well, apparently I got to get to, like, uh, Mission 12 or whatever, or Chapter 12, or however they've oh, got okay. it listed. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll I'll get there eventually, and I'll just move along and yeah, whatever. It was just, you know. But I was here now, and I wanted to go into the water now. Yeah. yeah. Same with, like, the, the metal flowers. That was a thing that was in the first game. I see them everywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, when the hell am I going to get this? Apparently right after I get the air compressor or oh, face mask or whatever. So I guess whenever I get... The whole game just starts anew then. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I, I get to that mission, I'm just going to follow through to the next mission, get them both, and then that way I can go back and knock out all the stuff if I need to. Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah. We'll see. Uh, hopefully I'll have time to play the game. It's just, it's been... I've not had time. I've not had time. So, you know how it is. Yeah. We'll get you time. Mm. Eventually. <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about some news. What we got? There was a little bit of news. There was a little bit of news. It might seem a little lighter this week because um, I love you guys. And I love that everyone has games that they love. But I kind of had to block the words Elden Ring on Twitter because mm-hmm. it was just a little much for me. So, I'm not going to be talking about that anymore. I love it. I love that you guys love it. Um I, the discourse was just way too much on my own timeline. I, you know, I've heard. I've, <laughs> I don't want to play it. I'm happy for everyone, but my God. <laughs> I've heard so many great oh things about it, but I just, I cannot. I cannot. It's. I already know it's not for me because it's a From Software right, game. That's it. Right. I already know that they're too frustrating. They're hard. And that's just not um, something I personally enjoy in my video games. Well, Lace, you're not a real gamer, but. And that's fine. (laughs) That's what I tell people. Then fine, I'm not. That's fine. Whatever gets you through your day, you can call me whatever you want. (laughs) But mine mine was pretty split. People love it. And then there was, you know, people complaining about UX and all this kind of stuff. And it became too much. And so I blocked all the words. So I'm sorry. I'm done with Elden Ring. I hope you all enjoy it and love it. I hope they fix the PC performance issues and all that stuff for you. But I can't take it anymore. I mean, look, I'll put it to you like this when it comes to this I'm not a real gamer bullshit. When I was your age, and I'm talking to all you little shits out there that say that I'm not, not a gamer, real gamer. Yeah. When I was your age, um, I beat 
and I mean beginning to end, beat Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. Okay? Ooh, yeah. Which is supposed to be too hard for U.S. audiences. I beat that game. Before guides? Yeah. Before save points? Yeah. Before any of that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You don't know. <laughs> so, do not tell me I'm not a real gamer. I am an older gamer who just doesn't have the patience for that shit anymore. Right. Okay? <laughs> We know what we want out of our games now, you know? I've been through the ringer. I've tested my metal. I don't need to prove anything to myself or anyone else. I want to enjoy my games. I've I've done it. So, kiss my ass. Anyway, continue. If people want to call me not a gamer, that's fine. I'll sleep. So, the first part of the news. uh, NBA series publisher Take Two has a little bit of a lawsuit going on right now uh, over their loot boxes. Imagine. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep having this forever. Yep. Uh, I believe it was on March 7th. It was reported that Take-Two is the subject of a class action lawsuit filed in Illinois. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, it accuses the publisher of unfair, deceptive, and unlawful practices, of course, coming from the use of loot boxes in the NBA 2K series of the basketball video games. Uh, they're accused of psychologically distancing the player from the financial opening on items, and the plaintiff wants $5 million U.S., in damages from Take Two, saying that miners who purchase loot boxes often with their caregivers' credit cards, mm-hmm. as we know, are the most vulnerable. Uh, it's another wait and see situation, I think. Here, um, I'm expecting EA to go to their their to to their side, right? Pick sure. up Take Two, be like, no, 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 no. It's surprise stuff. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see them all come around to get through to that. I don't know, man. I I I, I, I want there to be. Like, if, if we're going to do this, if this person's serious, then I want there to be some consequences for take two. Because if this goes to court, if there's a judgment, then this sets a precedent. However, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just just throw out a prediction. Mm-hmm. Ten bucks, we're going to start hearing about a settlement uh, down the road. If we even hear about it. If Yeah, if we even hear about yeah. it. That they'll just be like, well, here's your five million. There you go. Shh. And then we'll never Honestly, hear from it that's again. that's probably a drop in the bucket sure. on how much they make from this stuff, from their whales that I hear they call them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've yeah. heard of the billions and billions they seem to rake in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, five million. Here you go. True. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's chunk change they? to them. I mean, it's kind of bittersweet to me just because I'm not a fan of Take-Two anymore from the whole trying to, uh, well, or did, you know, with their name, Mm. with the video game, the indie game Take-Two and wanting to sue over that name. I'm like, screw you. You're a little too overboard with what you think owning words mean. (laughs) Like, I'm just, so take them to the cleaners, whoever it is. I don't care. I hope you get all the five million and more. I don't know. It's a class action, so I don't know how many people are involved in it, but we'll see, I guess, or not, like you said. Um, so the pricing for GTA Five Next Gen came out here. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, it seems there's no free upgrades with this one. I thought I found it a little really? odd. There's I no they were upgrading. Nope. 
No, you can. You got to pay for it, though. They're not giving people who own it free. Exactly. I was a little taken aback at this. I mean, all things considered, Skyrim and GTA 5 should never charge you for their game again. Never. Just in my opinion. I feel like it's been around for three generations of consoles. (laughs) Anywho, if you would like to have the next gen upgrade, you do get it at a 50% off for for those who already own it. So $29.99, like usual? Uh, Yeah, uh, but only for the first three months of its launch, by the way. Uh, So you're going to have to buy it right away. Uh, Now that is... And it's different per per platform. So basically with PlayStation, you can upgrade for 50% off the new gen platform only for the first three months of its launch. And then GTA 5, uh, like just the story, if you don't want to do the online, will be 75% off for the first three months of launch at $10. So, and then of course, after the three months, it'll go up to $40 for the story mode and then doesn't include online. Uh, but then Xbox looked like it was a little different where for X series X and S, it'll be 50% off for the first three months at $20 and 40 after, but that includes both online and story. Whereas for whatever reason on PlayStation, they're selling them separately for this upgrade. Yeah. I don't know. I was just floored that we've seen so many companies doing free upgrades that Rockstar had the audacity yeah. <laughs> to not give you a free upgrade on five. Oh as many God. times as people have bought this freaking game and how much money you've made just on your online alone. I just found it kind of bullshit. But there you go. <laughs> Siblings, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I just, I was trying to look because, I mean, I, for some reason I keep thinking this game has released already, like they've already done it, and apparently they haven't, but... Well, you might be also confusing the whole uh, remake of 3 and that whole fiasco that happened, yeah. which, you know, everyone's like, I hope it's not the same company doing the next-gen version or whatever. I don't think it is, because that other one was specifically mobile ports, which I think is why the whole thing ended up so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were upgrading a different version than they should have or whatever. Uh, that was a huge mess. But yeah, the audacity, man. Just. I'm not paying for that. I'm not. I'm not. Well, no. Like, I, I felt no. bad paying for it on four when I didn't want to. And I did it for someone because they wanted to play. And I was like. Same here. I was like, you know. I wonder if it was the same someone probably, and then we never played again. Probably. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'll do it. Fine. We'll play. I'll, I'll put the money down, even though I don't want to pay top. It wasn't even top dollar. It was still, but it was just actually, ridiculous amounts. I did find it thirty bucks then, but that yeah, even then it was rough finding a sale for yeah. it. It was it had been full price for so long, and every once in a while you'd see maybe fifty percent off. So I did manage to get it when it was like twenty nine or something. But still, I only played it that one time. The online. So just just a quick <laughs> update since I brought it up earlier. <laughs> Uh huh. Not just kind of circle back around. As I'm sitting there trying to look this game up, I start seeing mm-hmm. uh, notifications for Facebook. Apparently, other Uh-oh. people are taking care of that problem for me, so I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Once people get fired up, yeah. you can just kind of like. Ah, I've already seen like, like get some popcorn. <laughs> I just I just wanted to take a peek over there about two or three posts being like, well, let me tell you, and then they're just like, bam, oh, bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. So, Please teach me. Yes. So it's taken care of. I ain't got to say shit. <laughs> yeah. 
this is another example of why I no longer have a Facebook. Yeah, just, you know like, what? It, it really, it's the messenger it's thing. It's so great. That's the one thing. That's the only wow. reason I've still got it is because half of my really? contacts, people I talk to, it's on the messenger side of it because everyone has it and it's just convenient. And what I, I think you can just have the messenger these if days. If I can, though, yeah. if I can, then I will gladly because I'm hardly Although ever. On I there. could suggest some better ones. So I you know. Can leave that I just I need to figure out if I can just remove the messenger the messenger part of it somehow. Because you know mm-hmm. what I I need to do, and I did this before, is I just remove the icon out of my site, so it's no longer on my page. And I recently got a new phone, so it went right back to where it's. Well, yeah, they come pre-installed, and I'm like, "Will you stop it? <clears throat> yeah. So, Don't just assume I want these fucking social medias. I just need to just <coughs> take it away. And that way I don't yeah. see it. It's out of sight, out of mind. And I ain't mm-hmm. got to look at it. I mean, I prefer looking at Instagram. Just pictures. Yay, pictures. Pictures yeah. are fun, aren't they? Pictures are fun. Yeah, Pictures are great. Just hit a little heart. Continue. I'm sorry. I got derailed. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, So, WWE 2K franchise is coming back. They took a year off. Did they? Which they needed. Okay. We remember. There was that huge feat, you know, like everything was broken on the last one. Like everything. Yeah. Everything. (laughs) So it's coming back into the ring. (laughs) Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. Um, (laughs) After it took a much needed break. Uh, So what caught my eye about this one, though, is the characters that they're adding in. And I thought we could discuss this a little bit because I find why. Uh, So, and of course... You know, this is additional DLC expansion rosters that mm-hmm. I guess they've just always done throughout time. Um, they're set to roll out some new ones between April 26th and July 19th. Each pack adds in new ring combatants okay. and is made of superstars from the past. Cool. Like, that makes sense. You know, other mm-hmm. past wrestlers mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But Machine Gun Kelly. What? Is one. Although I I was reading that apparently I guess he was in the ring for something at some point. I don't know if he was wrestling or being a heel or just part of the performance of it all. But that I went, what? Um, Mr. T, which sure, but like. I mean, that- so much time has passed, which is what led me into the rabbit hole of the video that I had to show you. Because for some reason. Hey, fool. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Be nice to your mama. Uh, but 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 the the one that I'm just like why and why are we doing this? Logan Paul. Oh, Christ. For God's sake, am I just not understanding the appeal there? No, he's a douchebag. Because <laughs> I just don't. I know he did boxing and all that kind of stuff, and well, I guess you can. Put him in your game, I guess, if you want now to or later. I'll be honest with you. I check out every time Philip DeFranco whips out a, a Logan Paul story because I was like, I, I kind of do, do too. Do it's just not like, why are we doing? Care about this yeah. douchebag? Unless you're telling me he's going away forever, I don't care. I don't. I didn't even really know who it was until the. Well, the one controversy that I remember was when I heard about him when he was in the woods and all of that, yeah, you know, yeah. and, you know, mm. so that was the first time I'd ever even heard of him. So I did not get a good impression to start off with. So I don't know what his content even was beforehand. And then I've never really heard anything that positive since then. I've not actively sought it out either, no. but like, 
The, him and his brother both. Are but him in a WWE, I just, I, maybe I'm missing something. Siblings, is has he been on WWE? Does he do that? I haven't watched wrestling in years. Again, there's probably a lot of things we don't know about the WWE. It's true. I mean, I used to watch when I was a teenager and stuff, but uh, I haven't in a while, so I don't know the landscape as well. I used to play the games um, back uh-huh. when they gave you very good make-your-own-character tools. Uh, good customization. Because I would, I'd create also, like, I had cards upon, like, memory cards. Remember memory cards? Remember Mm -hmm. we used to do that? (laughs) That's another one, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't save unless you had enough space. I had four GameCube memory cards full of characters. Because I loved creating characters. Anytime I could figure out a way to create a character, I'll tell you the most... This is the most intricate, because initially it was just like, well, I'll make Superman, or I'll make Batman, and stuff like that. Because you could actually mm-hmm. design their logos, like they would give you little paint tools. Oh, So nice. if you knew how to do it just right, you could make and uh-huh. put the logo on their shirt so it looked like the character. Sure. And it's like, all right, cool. So I would do that. Basic stuff, right? There was this one character of mine, and I was like, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I could do it. Now... If anyone knows my work, and you've seen any of my drawings and stuff like that, I have a character who I lovingly refer to as Robo Rabbit. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, there's a whole big story about it. Go read it if you want to or don't. I don't care. But I love the design. <laughs> okay? The design yeah. for the character, lame as you may call his name, the design is like one of my all-time favorite things that I've ever come up with. And okay. I was like, I wonder. Because I've, I've created all my other characters, and I'm like, well, I'll put that one in there, that one, that one. But he would be... Uh, a big challenge. I was like, how could I do this? Mm. And I st- studied like all the little tools that you could do. You can move this, twist that and all that stuff. And his head, mm-hmm. that's, that's the challenge. How do you make that head? I fucking pulled oh, it off. Oh yeah. I pulled yeah, I it off. You did. And <laughs> it was like the proudest day I ever had. I need you to do all my character customizations. Cause I yeah. don't have patience for it. <laughs> Well, I probably don't have as much patience now, <laughs> but back then I was I was determined. I was like, I'm gonna make yeah. this. I want to see this, this character in action because mm-hmm. all of my other characters are getting to run around and fight other heroes and stuff like that. I want this character. You know why mm-hmm. not? And oh man, I was I wish I had screenshots of it. You know what I mean? Because I do too. That so was I'd be curious a, to see. That was a proud moment for me. I was nice. so happy with that. But anyway, good job. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, let's talk about the state of play. Did you get a chance to catch that up? Uh, we, uh, it had a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of glanced at it and I saw some things and I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Yeah, it was about what, 20 minutes? Yeah. It's more, more of an update, I think, um, is the better term here instead of, it, it showed off like a lot of, uh, Japanese developer mm-hmm. games, which, yeah, cool. I like a lot of those and add-ons to games that were already released but with the chat on some of them i mean we did have a couple new ips that they showed off um a new one from uh capcom mm-hmm. uh so look it's new so you new. know um you get to fight hordes of dinosaurs wow. did you see that one the echo exo primal mm-hmm. it kind of looked like dino crisis for a minute and, and then maybe like one? overwatch with dinosaurs did they do that? It's multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. But didn't didn't they do Dino Crisis or am I thinking of a different I said it looked kind of like 
But I mean, if they so, did, but it, this one's called Exoprimal. But it was just like I was getting those vibes. I think initially when I was first watch, you know, when it started the trailer, and then I was like, wait, what is it? Oh, and then it's Exoprimal. Oh, it's doing this. I don't know if you want to fight a bunch of uh, dinosaurs. It could be a fun time. I like what was that game we liked so well where we were just fighting giant like ants? Oh, uh, uh, Earth Defense Force. Yes. Which? So I could see this being just as much fun. You know, just. <laughs> so yes, they did do Dino Crisis. So ha ha ha. That's probably. Oh, ah, okay. Okay. Well, I was getting those feels for a minute. Uh, so yeah, but that's a brand new one. They're um, aiming for next year, 2023, for PS4 and 5. So like next year and still make it for the 4. So nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Ghostwire Tokyo, dude, I think I'm in now. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm in. I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I might have to wait because I've spent a lot of money lately, obviously, upgrading my rig. So I should probably stop for a minute. Um, but it's just around the corner here, March 25th. Uh, I'm just digging what I'm seeing so far. I really liked the ambiance. The, 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 I mean, with what gameplay and stuff we were seeing in there, the fighting styles drawing me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have to fight the hubs for the PlayStation, probably, because that's always the problem with these. <laughs> Uh, unless they do release it on PC at some point, because they've been doing that, you know, yeah. but uh, get it on there. But I might have to fight them for it. But I'm really digging it. I'm liking the atmosphere that I see. I'm liking the game style that I see. Um, so I might have to check it out. I might have to check it out. Um, did you see the the the, the Forspoken? For- Maybe I'm starting to understand what the game is now. I feel like we haven't been getting a whole lot but it's been um, teasing us for a while. So it did show off a little bit of new gameplay. I'm also digging the vibe of this one, I think. Uh, we got to look at some of the enemies and phrase powers. Um, I like some of the parkourish aspects that I was seeing mm-hmm. for the gameplay. Um, not Didn't look like Breaking Ground totally new, but something that, you know, I could speak to unless... You know, I actually get to play it until I do. Yeah. Um, it, it was delayed, though, because we were supposed to have it out here... Shortly, I think April was initially it, but delayed it to October 11th. Um, you can pre-order now if that's your thing. Uh, so it's another new IP, which is why I wanted to kind of pay attention to it a little bit more because we need new. I mm-hmm. want to see new ideas. Um, and then this one, if you didn't watch the trailer, I recommend go doing it because this is one I don't know that I was ever quite certain what it actually was about. Right. Because they would give us such, I don't know vague a little yeah it was very vague like just a little bit here or there um but now that i'm seeing a little bit more of the gameplay and her powers and things like that i could probably dig it i'm gonna i'm gonna keep an eye on it a little bit more um especially now that they want it to go back into the oven for a bit before they before they release it which is good please for the love of god people take your time on games these days let's not have any more of those fiascos um but uh, this one looks like it might be PS5 only because I didn't see the little tag at the bottom that said also PS4. Mm. So this one's going to be next gen. It, it is appearing. Um, okay, so we have to talk about the Cowabunga collection. Uh, yes, yes. Yes, yes we do. Yes. It, 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 at least this one isn't just PlayStation owners. Um, it seemed to be that it's going to be across all platforms and then mm. available on Steam for PC players. Uh, but yeah, Konami is sending out 13 of the games. Mm-hmm. Basically the entire archive, yeah? Yeah. 8-bit versions, the 16-bit versions, the arcade versions of TMNT, and the Japanese versions. 
So it's not just those. You're getting both versions um, coming to all platforms. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually, they're doing physical retail ones too for 40 bucks. If you wanted to get um, you know a physical copy, sure. you can get the digital too, of course. But I mean, look, I, I don't want to give my I money to Konami. But you sons of bitches, you're doing it again. You're 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 tapping into my nostalgia because I said this one hit me hard. I said up front with that collection. I don't know who I said it to, but I was like, I'd pay just for the arcade game alone, right? You know, everything else is a bonus because I've been wanting to play that one for forever. And you're saying it's been a long time. Here it is. Yeah. Okay, well then, there's my money. Because you know how bad I'll probably get mine. You know how bad I wanted to get like one of those big arcade cabinets with the arcade game, and it, because Ooh, it was just I like, bet. oh man, this would be so cool to have that. Uh-huh. And there's no other way to get the games. Well, I don't need that damn arcade cabinet now. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you still could if you wanted to, just for funsies. I've considered other ones, just building one and putting your PlayStation in it from time to time, just for fun. You know, yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. I need to find somebody who knows woodworking, so I don't have to buy a cabinet outright. They can just build me one. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that probably would be the most expensive part of it, since you've already got the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I, I'm God, like you said, the nostalgia, everything in it, thirteen games. Mm-hmm. The ones I was trying, I, I, the Game Boy games, I don't know anything about. Like, I didn't, I don't ever remember playing those. The mm-hmm. three on the NES, did, w- was was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that? I believe it Like, the was. the hard one that, <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Where you could. From the NES. Yeah. No, I, I want to say I had it. Because it was right around the time uh, my friend bought a Game Genie. Yeah, but was and it so in the we collection? were having such a hard time. We used the. Oh, are you asking if it was in the Konami collection? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think I all don't of them are. Remember seeing it, but I could have sworn I saw it in the trailer. Like saw... one of the first ones. Okay, okay. Let's let's take a look. Let's take a look. Because somebody's yeah, Konami, Konami. You gotta let us know. All right. Oh, yep. It's in there. It's in there. Okay. I was like, I thought I I swore I saw a clip of it, but. So hey, we yeah, can all so. finally beat that game now because we could probably actually. Put the I did finally, not by myself. I did have to co-op it, couch co-op mm-hmm. it, but we did finally beat it. My niece or my nephew and I, and then we beat it a couple times because we finally figured out how to do it. And then when the game GD came out, that was just fun to mess around with on that because you could be God mode. <laughs> all right, so I've pulled up the the list here. Mm-hmm. I played the arcade game. Mm-hmm. I never played Turtles in Time in the arcade, but always wanted to. So, okay. but I did play the Super Nintendo version, which is on here. Which uh, I did not because I didn't have a Super NES, so I could play that one. So the NES version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when we're talking about the hard mm-hmm. game that frustrates everybody, it was. <laughs> so but I, I, you know, I'm kind of excited to go back and kind of mess around with it you know just right i'm wondering if it's as hard as i remember it's probably frustrating but i don't know about being super hard right i, I don't know i don't know i mean they we're, we're sitting here fussing about shit being hard <laughs> or, that's true uh, the ar- and this was we didn't have nearly the buttons we have now either mm. so the arcade <laughs> game for the nes 
Obviously, mm-hmm. I played the hell out of that because that was as close to the arcade as you could get. The Manhattan Project for the NES. I uh, do remember yes. playing that, but not as much as the arcade game. Tournament Fighters, I don't remember playing. Either on the NES or the Super Nintendo. It just it didn't... I like the adventure beat-em-ups, not fight-fight. Uh-huh. And, of course, uh, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo. Played that. I never played the Hyperstone Heist on Genesis. And they, of course... Why are they putting three... See, this is where they screw you over. You got three versions of Tournament Fighters on here. You know... You, you say oh. it's 13 games, but three of them are the same. And I know you're trying to appease yeah. everybody. And then, of course... Well, well, you did say and then, like, the, the Japanese versions, too. So mm-hmm. maybe it might be a little different. I don't know. And then, of course, the uh, the Game Boy games, which I I don't ever remember playing. I did not. I, well, did I? I feel like I might have played the Fall of the Foot Clan, but not Radical Rescue. Hmm. I know that I remember back, reading was about it. Back them. from the sewers, which one? Because mm. I know I had a Game Boy. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. I feel like I did at least one of those. In any case. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, it looks like we're getting all of those. Uh, they partnered up with the uh, developers Digital Eclipse to adapt these classics for modern gaming systems with a fantastic set of quality of life features. <laughs> which I mean, let's. You're <laughs> a little neat if you want to play them on stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the fact that you can save anytime and rewind is definitely a big feature. Uh, button mapping. We never got that choice before, of course. Uh, and then online play for certain games, of Which course. Which would be kind of um, neat for the arcade games. Yeah. Like you and me could exactly. beat them up and go at them. Actually, uh, yeah. So you can play together. You don't have to be together. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is local couch play, too, if you if you have friends. <laughs> And you can play them if all only. how they were originally intended. <laughs> if only. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So it'll also come. Our, we already mentioned that. You can get the uh, the digital or the uh, physical if you want. I'm sure a lot of physical ones will probably be sold out right away. The collectors will get those right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for that one. I will probably get it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably will. Let's be real. <clears throat> um. Let's see here. Returnal Ascension, or Returnal is getting an update 3.0. Ascension. Yeah. Looks like it's a tower one. Yeah. Uh, there, well, it's called Tower of Sisyphus mode. So, yeah, mm. my eyes did not deceive me. Uh, so, I mean, more updates. It didn't look like they were charging you nothing for it. Um, putting in online play, too, so you can, um, you know, co-op with a friend if you want. Um, but uh, it, they, you are tied to the host of the session. The whole ah. point was to kind of make you feel like you two were having to work this out together because of how it's generated and everything. Right. So um, it does seem the host is the one who will get the progression. So keep that in mind as well uh, for the online play. Uh, so don't wander off. Play together. Uh, the Tower of Sisyphus mode was the other one. Looks to be just an endless mode. How far can you go, of course, with the name Sisyphus? That makes sense. Mm. Uh, so you'll strive to ascend the tower as high as you can. There's no end to the climb. It'll just get harder, and you got to hold out as long as you can. And each phase of the tower will bring an encounter with Algos, which is, I guess, a boss <laughs> in the game, sure. um, which also gets harder as you advance. Uh, so, yeah, new uh, new bosses, some new levels. Uh, March 22nd 
is when then you can be get that there. Good. I like when people are updating the stuff that seems to be doing well. Sure. I just that was another one that looked too hard for me. Mm-hmm. Not a real gamer. Um, the last one that I saw in there that actually looked cool, the Trek to Yomi. I dug the art style, very Devolver style. I feel like I've seen a lot of those. Um, it it kind of played like, do you remember how my friend Pedro style kind of looked? Okay, yeah. For the side scroller. Mm-hmm. So it's black and white, kind of had uh, where that kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. where it's 3D, but side scroller platformer. Um, I imagine that style has a name. I wish someone could tell me. I'm sure Deva? that there is a name for that type of art style. <laughs> yes, there we go. Ask Deva. What is the name of that art style? I feel like it has to have one. Uh, but yeah, Devolver. So you already, I'm kind of on board. They always put out some great stuff. They they, they snag up those good teams. Um, I thought you might enjoy that one, which is why I brought yeah. it up. So that uh, seemed like one you might get into. Uh, so any day now, okay. I think that one's coming out. Um, but whatever. I wrote some note about stupid daylight savings time. So I think I was trying to remind myself last night and then forgot still yeah, or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was writing it because I'm reading my note and I'm like, I don't know where I was going with that. So I was probably just bitter for a second <laughs> <laughs> that I was having to remember it. Damn you. Uh, damn you, stupid time. Uh, but that's all I got for the big news. Because like I said, I was ignoring Elden Ring news. So. Sure. <laughs> As one would. As one would. Uh, but I do have some quick hits. Okay, do have what, some quick hits. What you got? One I'm excited for, but cautiously optimistic because it's been a while. Ken and Roberta Williams teased a big game announcement about their next game that they'll be announcing on March 21st at GDC. And one they say that Sierra fans will love. Uh, so... She did all the Phantasmagoria series and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. She mm-hmm. was big deal time with a lot of those like text-based RPGs and stuff when gaming was starting to become a thing. Hasn't yeah. done anything in a very long time, which is why I'm cautiously optimistic because I don't I don't know what style it'll be if they'll try to bring a Sierra style back into today or if it's just a brand new idea that they're bra- like I don't know, right. but I enjoy the crap out of her storytelling. I would imagine as a writer, that would still be something you're good at, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to see on GDC because I'm excited. Long time I've played her stuff. It's been a long time since I have been able to, of course. Um, so, yeah, siblings, I'll let you know. Okay. I'm excited to see what it is. But like I said, it's been so long. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it'll translate in today's times anymore. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so Steam Deckers, you can now run Windows on it. They da- they they released the drivers so that you can put uh, Windows on your Steam Deck. Not been hearing it's a good way to go just yet, though. So keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> I was watching a video this morning of somebody who put Windows on it to test it for, you know, for us. Um, and it's not great. It's not great. But it, uh, when, is, it seemed... when is Windows ever great? Fair point. That's fair. Uh, so I, I I think I might just leave the Linux the way it was on there because it did seem to load up a little bit slower for the games. Mm-hmm. Some of the performance issues seem to stutter more on the Windows one and then the Linux one. Um, the controlling and the mapping still a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe give that time if you want Windows on, on, on your Steam Deck or if everything I just said sounds good to you. It's your device. You can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> you want to put it on there? Put it on there. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, but it didn't look like it's ready to be on there just quite yet. Um, a little quick at Gotham Knights, 10, 25, 22. Woo! So we got a release date. Which those who are waiting. The Knights. The Knights. Yeah. The Knights. <laughs> and that sounds about right considering <laughs> the that the end of December always seems to be or, or beginning of November seems to be like a big hot spot for new games. You ever notice that? Maybe well, maybe Batman's got more of a darker kind of scary feel now. It's oh, around yes. Halloween. Maybe they're trying to swoop up, I don't know, Perhaps. Halloween gamers that want to go as Batman. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. I'm just pulling that Citizens, out I am Batman. Fear the Gotham Knights that are coming down, raining upon you. I'm not in the game because I'm dead. Maybe. For now. At least that's what they're <laughs> promoting it as or whatever. Whatever is canon anymore. I don't know. Uh, let's see. The Dev Space devs announced a delay in their release. If you remembered us talking about there being a reboot, remake, re-whatever the crap we're calling things these days for that. Um, it's moving out of the 2022 window. Mm. We thought it was going to be this year, and it is no lot. I just know Dead Space had a good following. Mm. I know. Uh, shoot. Even I know people personally uh that played the crap out of those games and tried to get me to love them but again lace can't do that much scary Mm -hmm. i got through the first one and that was about all my little heart could take okay it was too much for me when they started jumping off the side of the ships the monsters in anti-gravity oh hell no (laughs) oh hell no like we are done here people um so I don't know. I'm hopeful that they'll do well since EA kind of killed it in the first place. Mm. But um, we'll see. So if you were excited for Dead Space, you were one of those. Looks like you might just have to wait a little bit longer. Okay. Hopefully it's to make it good. <laughs> uh, Microsoft is prepping for an indie gaming showcase called ID at Xbox. And it's slated uh, this week, actually. Um, and it'll feature some updates, you know, for the current release indie games and some new games that'll be announced. Um, I'm sure probably more stacking that game pass up, which I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, so March 16th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I think you have to watch it over on their Twitch page. The blog also references I am 8-Bits all-new indie game publishing label. So we'll see what they got coming up, whose first game will be showcased here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that is. Um, and let's see, it might be, like I said, more interesting to those with the Xbox Game Pass subscribers, as many of the indies featured as part of the ID at Xbox end up listed uh, among the best games available via Game Pass in the first place. So go check them out on Twitch on March 16th. Um, I, I just kind of want to see what new stuff they're going to be hawking here for the indie scene. So let's see. Uh, and my last cricket before I throw it over to Steven for whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. I like to be just as surprised. Um, And as we had mentioned last week, how some game developers uh, and people in the space are rallying around supporting the victims in Ukraine. Um, And I have a couple more bundles for you. If that was something you were like, I want to, I want to help. Here's another way that you can itch.io or itch.io. However, we're actually saying it, um, who did an incredible bundle for other things in the past. Um, now also has one for humanitarian efforts in Ukraine. Uh, the bundle starts at $10. Of course, you can pay more if you want. Um, and they got devs together for this bundle. We're at almost 1,000 games, tabletop RPGs, books, and more for, for just $10. And it's going to a good cost. Again, you can give more if you like. Um, they've already raised $4.5 million out of their $5 million goal. Amazing. Right? At a $10 starting asking. 
just you guys there's so many games in there it's ridiculous and a lot of really good ones hell even if you only play two or three i feel like you got your money's worth and it's going to a good yeah. cause so if you're looking for another bundle that's one they've got going on um i'm sure i could talk steven into linking it in the description sure. down below i'll pass it along uh, but humble bundle is also curating one as well um, humble announced pulling their game sales from russia and belarus um, but we should be seeing a bundle going to humanitarian efforts this week. So um, what is today in theory, the 14th? Mm. So the week of the 14th, um, You, if you want to keep checking back on their Humble page, they should have a bundle also set uh, that you can buy and the money will be donated there. Okay. Um, so yeah, geez, Itch.io, they've done so, you know. A lot of those games I already had, too, from, like, some amazing bundle they did before. And I remember it got up to, like, 1,500 games, 2,000 games. It was kind of getting nuts. So just the sheer volume of developers, even, that are donating their games to this. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's – it's really it, – like, that's a lot of people coming together, and it's great to see. So, yeah, go support if you want. And uh, can, of mm. course, and some ways to do so. Great cause. And – that's all I got for us this week. And of course, just another reminder, 200th episode, guys, yeah. coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send us your thoughts if you like. Whatever you want to yell like. at us? You want to say we're good? I don't know. I don't know. I could send some stuff in. Maybe I'll just make stuff up. I mean, it would be better than where we're at right now. <laughs> no, David did it. We can't, can't, can't. He gave us a whole long one. We've got to add that in. But he did it via Twitter, which is fair. You can submit it any way you want. Uh, <laughs> or tell us to F off with this shit. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you want to do. You know, I'm just I'm Whatever's following uh, dictations from other podcasts that this seems to work on. And, you know, they mm-hmm. seem to get people to write in. And We don't know. I don't know. It all could be a scam. It could be. I just like to pretend that. Yeah. We're all, we're all gassing each other up. <laughs> But what we got? How we ending today? What's going on? Well, you know, uh, I started uh, doing some digging, trying to figure out what we're going to do because, you know, my my planning phase has just kind of gone out the window here lately. Like, unlike mm. last year where I had everything kind of lined up for weeks. And now sure I'm just did, like, yeah. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. i got to figure it out now. <laughs> it's getting uh, rough. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, but interestingly enough, and I didn't realize this when I grabbed on to the idea but uh something had happened the past week that seems to be a popular thing now and i thought well this would be a great idea and then when i reflected back on our 99th episode mm-hmm. way way back when yeah i realized that i talked about the history of atari like where that kind of built you know this is uh-huh. the first or supposedly I know mm-hmm. that there's that's kind of muddy, but you got mm-hmm. where I'm going with it. That always seems right. to be like the go-to first that everyone remembers right. as Atari. That people recognize, right. yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. And then I'm coming back to 199 with a history of a character associated with the next big console. Oh, yeah. You know, since Nintendo was the next big thing. You could say True. ColecoVision and Intellivision and the Magnavox sure. Odyssey and all these weird things. But popularized it? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And what specifically are we talking about? Well, I don't know if you remember, but 
March 10th just came and went. And what it, what it happens did. on March 10th? Mar I O. Mar I O. Oh, we Mario. We celebrate Mario on March 10th now. Some I don't. Oh, we do. I guess. You know. I missed a memo. Damn it. I need to be on the mailing list. So they do that thing, kind of like uh, May the 4th be with you, where you sound like you got uh, a lift or something. May the 4th uh, be like with you. Oh, like Mar, I, uh, I yeah. got you Mar, now, March I, 10th. Yeah. Mar, I, got it? I, got yeah, it. Mar, one zero. Yeah, here we are. I got sold on so much stuff. They were just like, hey, it's Mario's birthday. Or it's, we're just, Is it though? Or we're just celebrating Mario Day, and, and you can buy stuff now. It's like, great, what are the discounts? Thirty nine ninety nine. Oh if you have our online. Yeah. Anyway, for the last five years, 198 episodes of talking about news related to the character and, and video games related to the character. And we've even discussed the movie. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that um, I'm a big defender of it and we've even done an episode on the character's music, talking about yes. what's the next big Mar- or what's the next best Mario theme. But we've never talked about the character's history. So, oh, yeah. in honor of the recent celebration of March 10th, Mar I O 1 O, however you want to say it, <coughs> right? I thought I would kind of present a little. Um, I don't want to say a full history of Mario, but more like uh, Mario's beginnings, you know? Okay, his origin yeah. story. His origin story. And to fully understand Mario's origin story, there's a lot of things that I feel like you had to lead up to. So hopefully you understand why a lot of this stuff is still in there because you got to understand the history. got to understand the mm-hmm. history. At least that's the way I look at it. Now, in doing my research for this piece, I scoured the internet for multiple sources to ensure my facts were straight because, you know, one someone's got one story, someone's got another story, and then something sure. doesn't add up. So, while most do not, or did not contradict each other, uh, I do feel like there were some details lacking in some areas. Mm. So, if if something feels like I miss, like if it seems like I missed something, like if you know something I don't, uh, mm-hmm. listeners, and, and you're just like, why didn't you say that? Or why? Because I know David will be fact-checking me the entire way. <laughs> so if I miss something, I apologize. It's not that I, I, I didn't do my due diligence. I just I missed something, and it just wasn't there There's presented a lo- to me. a lot to go through, yeah. There's a lot, because this goes back a long ways. If So I apologize if I missed anything. I'll be as disappointed as you are. But That'll be our, our new segment, like how... Seth does, you know, the corrections. You just be like, yeah. Our, our correction segment. So now, by this point, I would assume most gamers worth their weight know that Mario first appeared in Donkey Kong. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the history of how he got there in the first place is, I think, pretty interesting, and I hope you all agree. Mm-hmm. But we got to go back in time, as we always do. We got to go back in time, and we're going way, 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 way back. Because if you didn't know, Nintendo was founded in 1889 as a producer and distributor of Hanafuda. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping I'm saying this right. I'm working on my Japanese. I want to make sure yeah, I'm saying it right. Hanafuda. Yeah. 
These are traditional Japanese playing cards, if you were unaware of what that is. And I've even attempted to play the game, and I don't understand how to play it. Or I've not had oh. the proper way... I've not had... I feel like I need Did someone... Come with the instruction booklet? Yeah, but even that was kind of like... I don't know if I'm understanding how to play it correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I was just dense. Uh, anyway, from 1889 to 1929, Nintendo would expand to producing a wider array of cards since Hanafuda was kind of niche, and it wasn't exactly keeping the company afloat. Okay, World War II also affected the company negatively, but they continued to press on, you know? They, were, they, they had mm-hmm. to do their thing. In fact, in 1959, the company made a deal with Disney to incorporate Disney characters into their playing cards. Now, Interesting. This helped for a time, but like most of their moves up to this point, it seemed to be a temporary fix. Nintendo didn't always seem to be looking too far ahead. It was just like, what can we do to fix the problem now? And, you know, just... just Interesting how that is. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. 1964 comes around. The company was in dire straits, leading the then company founder Hiroshi Yamu, Yam, Yama. Oh, I did it. I did it. I screwed it up. Yamauchi. Okay. Yama. Because I had been. I was reading it the entire time as I was writing this, and I was like, yeah. Yamauchi, Yamauchi, Yamauchi. And I knew I'd just come up on it and Yamauchi. And I'd screw it all up. (laughs) So the company founder, Hiroshi Yamauchi. There you go. Yamauchi. That sounded right, but I know nothing. He decided to invest in businesses that you wouldn't associate with Nintendo. They needed money. They Mm -hmm. needed another revenue stream. So he invested in an instant rice company. Uh, He invested Mm -hmm. in a taxi service. Why not? You know, it's bringing in some money. Um, He invested in a chain of sex hotels, which, you know, I I don't really feel like would you kind of associate with Nintendo considering what we know of their image today. But True. You know, I mean, hey. Well, they probably didn't like advertise like we do now. But (laughs) they needed money. And you know, sex hotels are bringing in money. That's true. So. Sold since the beginning of time. (laughs) It helped. But it was a band-aid, like everything they've been doing. Yeah. Yamauchi was at a crossroads. What are you, what are you gonna do? In 1966, Yamauchi happened to be visiting one of the company's Hanafuda factories, and he uh, met with a maintenance worker, Gunpei Yokoi. He had noticed he'd been messing around with a, a little toy. And he mm-hmm. wanted to know more about this toy. What was this toy you, you have here? This is not something we make here. What is this? Well, it seemed Yakoi had been uh, creating this little toy in his spare time. You know, he, he's kind of bored. He's a maintenance yeah. guy. He's, he's kind of good with his hands. He knows what he's doing. So he, it was this. I just love that we're talking about this new toy right after his last um thing you mentioned we were investing right, in. Right, right, yeah. So I'm just like really waiting to hear what this toy like is. This, this toy would be great for our sex hotels. No, it... Uh, right. I mean, it could. You know. It could, yeah. Uh, the toy in question was kind of an extending arm 
that grabs, you know, this little extending arm that grabs and you pull it back and then you reach it forward and you pull it back and you reach it forward and you pull it back. You see where I'm going with this? Anyway, uh, he made this for his own amusement. But Yamauchi I'm saw dead. it as a. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm such you, a terrible human. I'm sorry. You put the idea in my head. Continue. I'm sorry, siblings. Uh, the toy uh, was made for his own amusement, but Yamauchi mm-hmm. saw it as a very marketable product. Mm-hmm. Labeled the Ultra Hand. The toy was a gigantic success. <laughs> Spread around through all the sex hotels in Japan. <laughs> I'm such a terrible person. You need never come to the hotels with a partner again. The Ultra Hand is there waiting for you. Selling over exactly. one million units across the country. And it helped Nintendo stay afloat a bit longer. Because okay. it's not... So, like, little band-aid fixes yep, yep. along here's the way. A, here's another band-aid. But, I mean, this is the start of something. Mm-hmm. Because the Ultra Hand success, along with a few other projects, led to Yukoi joining the company's R&D department in 1969, where he was tasked to develop electronic devices for Nintendo, since he had this knack of, A, being creative, and did kind of have a degree in electronics to boot. So, you know, mm-hmm. I want to give the man a job if he knows what he's doing. Uh, listen to him, yeah. Now, his contributions led to massive company growth in the 70s. In fact, a second R&D department was created to help maintain all this growth, and it set a direction, a new direction for the company, electronics, because they saw potential, and it was working, and they were making money finally, and it was just like, okay, this is what we're doing now, the hell with cards, right? sex hotels, and taxis and shit, no, we're doing electronics now, so they finally shifted their gears into what they were meant to be. In the 70s, Nintendo developed their very first light gun, and released two arcade shooters utilizing said gun, the laser clay shooting, and wild gunman. Even though, uh, if, if you remember these games, you're probably visualizing a specific version of these, which mm. is what we played on the Nintendo, but it wasn't those versions. So just kind of oh, yeah. keep that in mind, because you might be saying, oh, hey, there's an anachronism in there somewhere that doesn't make sense. These, It's not the games you're thinking of, it's uh, more the, more, uh, what do you call them? Not digital versions where we talked about light guns on this game where you just shoot crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But Mm -hmm. still in that same vein. Now, as they were starting to dip their toes into this new market, Atari and Magnavox were eyeballing the home markets. You know, they Mm -hmm. saw the potential there and they were wanting to get their, you know, home consoles out into the world. Well, Yamauchi didn't want to be on the wrong side of this and he thought ahead. So he decided, you know, the hell with Atari, we'll cut a deal with Magnavox and we'll distribute the Odyssey in Japan. Well, if you know anything about the Odyssey, that didn't didn't really pan out, but we won't get into that. Yamauchi did see the viability in video games. It wasn't enough to help others get their products distributed. He realized they had to do it themselves. But the company wasn't set up to do video games. They weren't, you know, they just 
weren't prepared for it. Even the mm-hmm. shift to electronics was kind of a, a, a shift in everything that they had done prior to this. So they were trying to figure out how do we get into this new market? How do we refocus the company into this? Mm-hmm. So they cut a deal with Mitsubishi Electronics and they teamed with Nintendo's Research and Development 2 to co-produce some video games. See if they could kind of figure out what they're going to do. So they started out kind of simple with some arcade titles like Computer Othello and Space Fever. You know, these classics that we all know. Ah, oh, yeah, I talk about it all the time. Right? Now, in 1977, the team decided they were going to do something, you know, try to compete with the other guys who are doing these home console things. So they released their own type of home video games called Color TV Game 6 and Color TV Game 15. Now, if that's not okay. the most clever marketing names, I mean, I would have jumped all over that. Because who doesn't want to play... Hey, friends, y'all want to come over and play Color TV Game 6? Woo! Everybody wants to I also that. got the 15. I got the 15, man. <laughs> oh, shit. We've got to go over to his house. I got love that it's just like video game one, and that's what I play. Yeah. Now, these systems were akin to what we kind of call plug-and-play devices today. You just mm-hmm. plug it up to your TV, and it's ready to go, preloaded with, you know, six games or 15 games. Right. And if you had that one game, well, you're just lucky that you had, you know, the odd... It's a collector. Yeah. So, the games are ready to play. The designers of these consoles were, you know, kind of new additions to the companies. You know, they, they wanted to hire some fresh bloods in there and try to make this pop. And me personally, looking at these devices, I was like, I, I, I guess I could see the appeal, but eh, it's the 70s. What do you expect? There wasn't a lot okay. of great designers back then. Or maybe they were. Who knows? Now, the designer of these consoles during their planning stages there was a there was a young man hired around the same year that this was getting ready to release and he was part of the planning department he he had very good designs and whatnot and they decided you know hey let's let's just let this young man design the casing for the color tv game 6 and 15. that young man's name was shigeru miyamoto Mm. now miyamoto had spent his first few years with the company developing artwork. But his big, big break wasn't until 1981. Now, in 1980, the company was riding high, and it was expanding. You know, they they were finally finding their footing. They finally found the thing they were meant to do. So at that time, they established their subsidiary, Nintendo of America, and had even developed their very first solo game called Radar Scope. Okay. okay. Now, granted, keep that in mind, because at this time, all the games they were kind of developing were with other people, or they were distributing for other people. This was their baby. This is the game they de- designed. We they, did this. They developed it. They released it. It's theirs. Okay. Nintendo of America president Minoru Arakawa. Got it. Believed in this game. He believed in Radar Scope. He expected this to be the next big thing. And he wagered everything on its success. And I'm not talking figuratively either. I mean money. 
tons and tons of money. 3,000 cabinets were made. Only a yeah. thousand sold. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Ew, oof. So now they are stuck with a warehouse full of games that nobody wanted. And immediately, Nintendo of America was in a financial crisis. Hey, it sounds like Nintendo at that point, right? <laughs> right. Hey, we're back. Woo, we're back. <laughs> so, in an attempt to recoup the losses, Arakawa asked Yamauchi if they could create an all-new game that they could then retrofit into those unsold cabinets in hopes that they could just recoup even just a little so I could just make sure. it, just make a new game. I don't give a damn what it is. Just can we just just put it in there and then sell those and then you know maybe we can at least sell another thousand and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, Yamauchi didn't know you know what approach to take. They didn't have a game just lying around they could just slap in it. So he reached out to the entire company like a call to arms, asking everyone for a fresh new concept. Just give us what you got. See what happens. Well, Miyamoto just happened to have an idea. And that landed him a job, being the lead game designer for this new project. And uh, Gunpei Yokoi was going to be his supervisor. The guy that was, you know, he, he started this whole thing. Without him, we wouldn't have the electronics. <laughs> so Miyamoto wasn't a game designer. You know, he, he was an idea man. He had sketches and arts and stuff like that, but he was never a game designer. But he had great ideas. Yeah. So, and even his entire process to this day has always been developing story, characters, then you build a game around them. And maybe huh, that's why a lot of okay. his stuff is kind of innovative, if you think about it. Right, yeah. Now, for this particular project, he was inspired or it seems that he was inspired by the character of Popeye and the love triangle with Olive Oil and Bluto. Uh, he started designing the game around this idea, and Nintendo even pursued the rights to the characters because they saw viability in using a known character. Like, well, shit, if we can get the rights to this, what, Popeye sure. game, and we can sell that, and everybody will want to play that, right? Recoup right. your losses. <coughs> Always the hope. Right. Now... The way I'm going to posit this, fortunately, fortunately, the rights could not be secured. And you'll okay. just follow me on that. You know, I know people right. would say unfortunately, but I say fortunately, the rights could not be secured, which led Miyamoto to create new characters. Something the company was kind of actually happier about in the long run because, like, well, you know, sure. then they're ours. Have your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he expanded on the love triangle idea. He looked at similar ideas and took further inspiration from stories like Beauty and the Beast and, most obviously, King Kong. Having his characters in place, Miyamoto pitched his game design to Yokoi. But Yokoi said, dude, your ideas are way too complex. You do realize how a video game works. You know, and again, Miyamoto doesn't. Like, yeah, I just wrote this whole open world story. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he's just sitting there saying, we could. Back in the 80s, like, sure. Yeah. I mean, to him, he was like, wouldn't this be cool doing a video game? You do that, and you do that, and you can do this, and do that. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We only got a few bits to work with. You know? We can go left and right. Yeah. Maybe jump, if you're lucky. Maybe jump. So, 
you know, it was a little struggle at the beginning sure. because they were just like, I don't know if we can do what you're asking, dude. But Miyamoto persevered, and he asked the programmers to at least attempt what he's asking. And then mm-hmm. he would kind of abandon some ideas if they just couldn't do it, or he would be insistent yeah. on others if he felt strongly about it. It's like, no, this is the way it's got to be. And one of his ide- ideas, which I just, I, it's mind-boggling to me, but it because it's so common today. Uh-huh. When he pitched the idea of multiple game levels, they balked at the uh-huh. idea. They were just like, you're just repeating the same thing. This is no, you can't just do the same thing with different. That's stupid. You know, he he saw it as like you finish that and then you go to another level. It's the same kind of process, but I mean, you've got the same goal, but it's going to be different. You got different things, and they're just like that's no, that's just that's ridiculous. You can't do that. But why? But why? You know, I mean. Pac-Man, granted, the maps are similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like faster, harder, maybe a little more reflexes needed, you know? But they just, they were just, they weren't having it. They were just like, this is ridiculous. This man is crazy. But they did it. They're just like, fine, we'll do it. But I mean, you're out of your mind. Now, when presented with an early demo of the game, Yamauchi saw the potential. He knew there was something here. This this young man, Miyamoto, he, he created something good here. Mm-hmm. So he sent the game to Nintendo of America to test, see what they thought. Well, the company's sales managers hated it. They hated it. They said, this is too different. Did they play it? They did. It's okay. too different. It's, too, it's not oh. the same stuff. It's not the shooter. It's not... All these other games that we've got out there, they're repeating each other. This is too different from all the things that everybody else is playing. And you want to you wanna introduce something new and different and fret you out of your damn mind. Out of your mind. This is too right. different. Ten bucks this man was a racist. Now, I don't know that, but come on. Too different? Come on. <laughs> now, two Seattle distributors also checked out the game weren't as like dead set against it but they had reservations it was just like ah, you know can we sell this i don't know but they had a job to do and they knew they had a job to do so they went out and they convinced two local bars to set up a machine and see how it does just test it out see what happens sure and like so many others in this instance, the bar owners were like, uh, okay, fine. After a week, the bar owners were begging for more machines. Nice. Because it was raking in all the money. Sure, imagine <coughs> that, someone getting to play something different. Mm-hmm. 1981, Donkey Kong was joining the small group of popular arcade games that would go down in history. It's legendary. Funny that no one had any faith in this completely different kind of game starring a big stubborn ape, the lady he kidnapped, and this carpenter who was jumping around trying to save her. It soon became apparent that these characters needed names, you know? I mean, you can't just call them lady and monkey and carpenter guy. 
Right. So Nintendo of America staff translated the name of Donkey Kong fairly accurately because Miyamoto had said, you know, he's an ape and he's stubborn. So donkeys are stubborn. Donkey Kong, that, that, that's about right. Mm-hmm. However, the other two characters didn't actually have names. They were just kind of Lady and the Carpenter guy. So for the damsel in distress, known as the Lady, the staff named her Pauline after a woman named Polly James, who was the wife of their warehouse manager. It's kind of nice. Okay. The hero character, just dubbed as Jumpman, named as such because, you know, he was doing the thing that... He did. Nobody and, could do before. No. And it kind of... <laughs> Nobody could jump. And it, and it sounded like other names at the time, like Pac-Man, Jump-Man. Oh, sure. Man, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We're doing Mega-Man will be assumed right. to... See, because we, we got to just suck them in with these simple... We're like man things. But Arakawa thought it would be nice if they gave him a proper name. You know, something, something just that would solidify it. So he suggested the name Elvin. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm <laughs> I was like, I wish we would have stayed with that because that's so funny. No, actually, it was Jasper. No, no. Okay, I'm kidding. He's just messing with me now. I have trust issues. Nope. Okay, seriously. Mario was the name he <gasps> That sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. Which yeah. confirmed was the name of their landlord of their office space, Mario Sigali. So this is, oh, that's funny. To, to my knowledge, it's an absolute fact, because I wanted to make sure before, because I've heard that story. It's an absolute uh-huh. fact. From what I read, from what I found, if someone wants to fight me, I'm sorry. I just that. So the landlord and whose wife? Uh, the landlord of their office space and the wife of the guy who was their warehouse manager. Interesting. Yeah. With like with the, with that context in mind, like the game, just like interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Just like us. Sure, right? Just like us, they just got stuck in a bad situation mm-hmm. with Donkey Kong. That's yeah. right. It's Regular amazing. humans. Now, the game or the name eventually caught on with Miyamoto, who had actually been considering calling Jumpman Mr. Video. Which What? There's a reason. I, I know okay. it sounds a little weird, because he envisioned this character as a go to face for any game. You know, okay. and if you actually look at his early appearances, that's what Miyamoto did, because he appeared in games like tennis, pinball, sure. golf, mm-hmm. Punch Out, Tetris, Wrecking Crew, and that's mm-hmm. just to name a few. Yeah, you know, those weren't All even right, his games; yeah. they're just games he happened to be in. Every time you turn <laughs> around, Mario's there. All right. And while those games did feature Mario in various roles, it would be a game released in 1983 that would solidify who Mario was going forward. Now, based on a conversation with Yokoi, Miyamoto began designing a game around the jump mechanic Mario was kind of made for. Based on his appearance, Miyamoto had kind of been reconsidering Mario's profession. Now, you recall I mentioned he was a carpenter. You know, that's what I guess the idea was at the time. Which makes sense with all the structures and everything. You think, okay, he's, he's building stuff. He's a carpenter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> with that in mind, uh, or, or with his appearance, he started to really look at it. And he's like, what does he look like? Does he look like a carpenter? I would say kind of. Yeah, I mean, why not? 
But Miyamoto... Or a painter. Yeah, or a painter. Yeah. Or a painter. Yeah, yeah. But Miyamoto felt that it reflected more of a plumber. You know, okay. for whatever reason, yeah. he, he thought, no, nah, he's kind of a... He looks more like a plumber to me. So we're going to go with plumber. Now, with that in mind, he designed a concept around an idea of two plumbers exterminating creatures coming from the sewers in New York. Why that is a plumber's job, I have no idea. Maybe that's how it is over there. <clears throat> Maybe. But Mario Brothers was born. And joining Mario in this new video game idea was his big little brother, Luigi. You know, his seen big him? little brother? Yeah, his big little brother. Because he's taller than him, but he's his little brother. His that's true. Yeah. Brother. Gotcha. Good call. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Miyamoto moved on. <laughs> Uh, now, who was Luigi in their life? Do we not have a story see, about no. whose husband it was or something? Or? They don't. Damn. They're, right. I'm sure. That, all right. Deva, this is your job. You can find out <laughs> and figure out where. Why we, know, why we wanted Luigi. I genuinely feel like it was because they'd already went with an Italian name. And they were just like, what's another Italian name? Luigi? Okay. And then just ran with it. Yeah, the whole thing's funny. Mm. But... <laughs> So Miyamoto moved on to help design and develop other titles after Mario Brothers, but he kept mm-hmm. thinking of larger, more expansive ideas of what you could do in a video game. You know, he knew the technology was capable of something, so he began to conceptualize an idea of what we now refer to as a traditional platformer, because at the time there really wasn't a platform. That's what it was. You know? That's just what they were, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how, how you moved. That was the only way you could move. Now, while it seems that Miyamoto, you'd think, would want to utilize his go-to uh-huh. character, he didn't. That was not in his thought process at the time. He just was thinking of this grand idea, but Mario was nowhere to be found. In fact, it was co-designer Taka... Here we go. Takahashi Tezuka... Takashi, Takashi. I don't know why I said Takahashi. Takashi Tezuka. There we go. I don't know. I, I read it all the time, and I don't know why it's. I'm fumbling. <laughs> as soon as you need to say it and record it, yeah. then our brains. Yeah, I don't know. He suggested the use of Mario since the character was popular enough. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. why don't we just use this guy? So, Miyamoto was like, sure, okay. So they designed this fantasy world. Rooted around in Japanese folklore, the conception of the Mushroom Kingdom came about, and the idea of allowing Mario to change size was one of the uh, the ideas that, that just kind of popped yeah. up. You know, like, wouldn't that be cool? He could he could be little, he could be big. Wouldn't that be that'd be a mm-hmm. neat little idea? Now, magical mushrooms that altered size were actually popular in certain, certain folk tales. And they soon became the focal point in crafting what this world was going to be, as well as the game mechanics. And since Mario was going to change size with a super mushroom, as they dubbed it, it seemed only fitting to call the game Magic Mario Brothers. True. I'm kidding. Of course. I'm kidding. No, it's Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) Dang. Yeah. I'm getting all sorts of emotional over here. Uh, What's going on? I mean, could you imagine Magic Mario Brothers? Uh, Magic well, Mario, you know. Magic Mario XL. <laughs> well, I mean, we did already see his nips. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Yeah. 
Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, like most great creations in media, the cherry on top came from sound designer Koji Kondo, who composed what I would argue the first video game score to be more than just repetitive background noise. And argue, unarguably, in my opinion, mm. we can fight about it all day, but I feel like unarguably the most iconic video game score ever made. Everyone knows Mario's theme. True. Period. Yeah. You cannot deny that. You play somebody Sonic's theme, they're not going to know what the hell that is. I mean, a good us gamers, but a casual, casual person. Casual right. person. The game released in September of 1985 in Japan and a month later in North America and was a huge hit for the company solidifying itself in the video game market from that point on. All because of Mario. Super Mario Brothers became the de facto Mario title in which every title since has been built upon. Every Mm -hmm. piece of lore. They don't go back to Mario Brothers. They don't go back to Donkey Kong. We'll flirt with it a bit here and there. You know, bringing Donkey Kong into race carts with Mario and shit. But mm-hmm. The stories, the ideas, they yeah. all come from Mushroom Kingdom. They all come from that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mario is the most recognizable video game character in the world. Period. I believe it. He is as yeah. well known as Superman. Or Mickey Mouse. And yet... It makes you wonder what the fate of the company would have been without it. Even if one thing changed in that chain of events, the house that Mario built could have easily gone belly up before its 100th anniversary. You know? Yeah. If Miyamoto hadn't been chosen, if he hadn't decided, or what if they'd have gotten the Popeye license, which they did, matter of fact. Keep that in mind. They did Uh, eventually get the license. They eventually built that game. They just didn't have it initially. Oh, well. Then, yeah. Maybe it was fate. So who knew that an Italian plumber from Brooklyn would be the savior of a fledgling Japanese card manufacturer? It's insane to think about. His legacy is felt throughout the industry. With gamers of all ages having had their gaming metal tested by a Mario game, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. So, to all of you who may not like Mario anymore, she's not cool. You owe everything, the entire industry, to this little Italian plumber. This little guy could have gone so many ways. He is... The reason games are what they are today. He changed the industry and continues to be an influence upon it. So, mm-hmm. belated, happy Mario Day. Yes, belated, happy, happy birthday, Mario. Or just whatever. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah. But was it like legit March 10th or are we just playing still on no, 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 no. Or the March 10th, like Mario. <laughs> Who cares, I guess, right? I don't know. Was he March 10th, 88 or whatever? They're just trying to be clever like the the Star Wars people. I mean, it kind of is. I shouldn't take that from them. (laughs) It's kind of good. 
Excellent. Well, then that's our show. Woo. Happy birthday, Mario. And uh, thank you for the story. You know you can hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash or send an email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. Go to the Instagram to view the weekly icon art. Stephen puts time and love into. Did you like the last one, siblings? Last one was really sweet, wasn't it? Nice and slick. Freaking like that one. You can support the show on Patreon also by going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper. <laughs> productions and over on youtube.com forward slash pencil paper productions uh you can also like and leave reviews on your preferred podcast listening platform but thank you so much for listening i am Lacey O'Finley, and i'm Stephen white and join us again next time super mega crash siblings but until then game on This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.